everyone. Welcome to Arl Knots podcast number seven. Seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seleven. <laughs> oh, now, now that available film, on Netflix. That film title, though. <laughs> they did it, and it's available. Uh, uh, they keep. I don't know what happened to my Netflix uh, recommends, but that keeps popping up in there. Uh, eleven something. A, I guess that means I'm a douche. <laughs> Is that movie good? Uh, I've never seen it. Here's uh, what happened to my Netflix recommends. I went hard on bad movies because I had a roommate. Uh, she was. She's a wonderful person. She's a really young, really gay woman who really liked Gilmore Girls, which I think I, I mentioned gay because I think that's a very. I've, I've come to learn that's a big hit with that crowd, uh, and it started to ruin my Netflix recommendations. <laughs> started. So it started recommending me stuff I did not yeah, care off, about. Off so, the rails. Um, my friend Timmy, who we mentioned last podcast, visited me, stayed at my house, and while I was at work did me a solid and just went through and five-starred a bunch of movies that I would not have thought of to try to, to write the train, <laughs> including... Did, it, did uh, it work? Yeah, it, it, yeah, I got lucky number 11, baby. Oh, nice. We got, well, it was like wrote, it was like RoboCop, but then it was like over the top, starring Sylvester Stallone as an arm wrestler. <laughs> you know what you can do? Uh, here's a pro tip. You can start different Netflix profiles within your one account. So if you want one that's specifically tailored more towards sci-fi or one that's tailored yeah. more towards drama, all your recommendations within that profile will be This broadcast your... is suddenly <laughs> brought to you by Netflix. <laughs> Get connected. All right, enough uh, of that. No, that's I got to do that. Somebody mentioned that to us before, and I think we just kept forgetting to do it. I don't know what our problem was. But... Nope. So I'm Craven. I'm Zach. Right. We're going to talk today about some current events. We're going to talk some movie and entertainment news, and then we're going to do another round of Guess That Sound Effect, where I will be choosing sound effects from the collection and playing them, and Zach's going to try to guess. Uh, oh, wow. I'm going to guess There's that lunch. our lunch is here. Hold on. <laughs> That's the sound of someone knocking at the door. All right, we're going to pause this. So we already talked about uh, what we're going to be doing today. Yeah. All right, so, right, so this is our first podcast following the break, the holiday break. The holidays, your preferred holiday of choice we chose christmas that's what we grew up on i think we both went back and visited our families though right mm -hmm. that's, yeah had a good time uh i went back to colorado saw my niece i think the highlight of that trip was uh it was my first time going to a one of those trampoline places like the entire place is just trampoline oh yes every surface yeah. pretty amazing <laughs> one amazing thing though was the fact that my brother and i were literally the only adults jumping and <laughs> At first, I didn't know if it was like we weren't allowed to, but then I was like, no, the parents just suck. <laughs> they're just they're just so excited to not have to spend any time with their kid. They're off to the side on their phones, just like ignoring their kids. And it's like, this is amazing. How could you know any human enter at a place made entirely out of trampoline and just want to sit on the side? <laughs> I would uh, I would definitely not be sitting on the side, but I do have a memory of being on Cape Cod where they had a. Uh, you know, some sometimes just along the road they have these little golf mini golf courses oh, or yeah. little entertainment things like, like a fun park. Fun parks or car, go karts. Go karts, yeah. Uh, but there there was a trampoline place and I, I pretty much broke my nose trying trying to backflip on one of those things. Just my own knee right let, to my own face. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you like you compressed on impact and yeah, just turned yeah. That was uh, I think we've all been there. So but that wouldn't stop me from trying to get up on no. that trampoline. It, and it's you know, the only hazard was that because there were so many kids, it was up to my brother and I to not 
kill anybody <laughs> with our mess. <laughs> and I felt bad for my brother because he's so long and lanky. And he like, every time we tried to do like a big jump, he and I were challenging ourselves to like get from one end of this uh, run to the other with as few jumps as possible. And you could tell he was going to do it. He's, he was so close. And then just like rats, just kids would just shoot across his path of, of jumping and he would just have to collapse himself. And he just folded into like, it was just like all these long bones, like collapsing into a ball. And he just looked at me to shake his head. He's like, I can't have fun. I'm not allowed. I'm like, no, dude, you're a parent now. You're not allowed to have fun. (laughs) Go join the others right now. (laughs) You're John Carter from Mars trying to understand gravity. (laughs) (laughs) What is this stuff? Yeah. He was having a hard time. It was weird though. Uh, There's one moment I want to talk about. It was great. And it was the first time I realized what it was like to be on the woman's side of a, of a random encounter between two sexes. Uh, it was my, my niece, she's five, just started at elementary school. And this kid ran up to her, this cute little boy. He runs up, he goes, I know you. She goes, huh, how? And he goes, you go to any center elementary school. And he goes, and your grandpa, and your grandpa works there. She goes, how do you know this? She was, he thought it was impressive that he knew so much about her. She was clearly creeped out. Huh. She's like, I don't know you. And I don't like that. You know this about me. And I was like, oh, dude, you're like getting shut down and you don't even realize it's happening right now. You just you totally opened up in the wrong way. You get need to come in with a joke or something, man. Like <laughs> I wanted to help him. But if but then I was like, also, I think it's hilarious that, that my niece is just crushing you right now. How old is your niece? Five. Oh, wow. OK. So, yeah. She, but it was just natural to her. She wasn't doing it to be mean. Yeah. This is just like the difference between boys and girls. Boys think it's impressive to like know stuff. Girls and she just didn't care. It just, it was not interesting to her at all. Yeah. And everywhere we went for the rest of the day, he was there and he was trying to like get her attention and do, by doing cool stuff. You know, we we're at the, the foam pit and he was like, he would announce really loudly, I'm going to do a backflip now. And I'm like, Hey, I want to see it. And then he did. It. And she totally just, I was like, do you see your little friend's backflip? She goes, huh? Oh, I don't know that guy. <laughs> like he was new to her again. And I was like, dude, it's so brutal to see this. Like growing up, I obviously tried the same stuff too. You do antics, you clown around, you do it because you want attention. And the only people that that stuff's kind of young to be, I mean, I guess, I mean, he doesn't, you know, he's like, you're, you're, you want to flirt with girls when you're young. You don't know why you just, you know, that's just, you just like somebody and you, I want, I want to get your attention. I'm going to, you know, run up and hit you or whatever kids do, you know? And it's, and I just realized that moment. I was like, the only people that are impressed by that kind of crap are other boys. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's a sick ass backflip. <laughs> Show me how you did it. And she just could not care less. She was not, it was not something she was interested in. And he didn't, and he failed to see that. And I was like, man, I wish I could help you, but not today. Not with my niece. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, punk. Well, he, he needs to up his game. <laughs> he needed baby. up his game. Lead in with, yeah, break the ice, man. A little joke or something. <laughs> well, my, my, uh, my Xmas was uh we decided that we were gonna rent a house on Cape Cod. So we got nice. a couple friends together. We got a house with a fireplace that was on the beach, and we just listened to Ancient FM, which is Renaissance streaming streaming Renaissance music. Yeah, for, an, like, I a, pictured like ancient, like Egyptian <laughs> gods, gods of Egypt, basically is what I pictured. Yeah. <laughs> it was like gods of Egypt. Yeah, on Cape Cod, it was perfect. That it was the best awesome. way to do it. We just super low key. We had a couple of great nights where we just hung out and just went a little nutty. Uh, so that was that was that. We saw the family uh, for a couple of days, but for the Hell most yeah. part, we spent it in this place. I would highly recommend that to anybody. Just get a place somewhere far away. Yeah, <laughs> from everyone. Try it. 
I mean, a lot of people, it's, we're not used to it because we live in the freaking city. You know, we live on the East Coast. So a lot of people, some, maybe you just already live away from, yeah. <laughs> from people. We yeah. have to, those are luxuries to us though. Space and, you know. Space. We're, we're sitting two inches from each other right now. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. So current events. Uh, let's well, talk about some of our. We can talk about, I mean, uh, this kind of segues from the holiday, but we both went and saw Rogue One. Ah, uh, yes, we can talk Rogue right? One. Yeah. Uh, so Rogue One, we both saw it. The Kylo Ren reviews Rogue One is sort of how we both felt about it. So we channeled our feelings about the film just right into Kylo Ren yeah. <laughs> and did did that video. And it all kind of made sense because, of course, Kylo Ren would be super stoked on Vader. Yeah, Va that's... Vader's scenes in there. And that scene was amazing. I actually saw some criticism since then that people were like, you know, if Vader wasn't so busy styling on these guys, he actually may have caught that guy and gotten the, the drive back. And I was like, I don't care. I wasn't thinking about that during that scene because I was, <laughs> I was so blown away by seeing Vader full power, you know, exerting his will on a bunch of punks, you know, and they all knew it. They yeah. knew they were punks. As oh, soon as that lightsaber it. came out, they were like, dude, we're super dead. They knew they were done for. <laughs> they, those guys knew they didn't stand a chance. They, in fact, they didn't even look like they were trying to, to, to fight that hard. I mean, what do you do? I mean, that one guy, the guy with the drive, for sure gave up immediately. He was like, I need to get this in someone else's hands, like because I'm not going to make it out of this 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 meat grinder. I will say it does raise some weird questions, though. Like, we kind of we kind of said that about uh, Admiral Mahdi. Uh We called him... We call him General. He's General. An he admiral. got promoted. At some point, he it was General Mahdi. So, you know, lay off of us <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> Somebody commented that. We, we, that's fine. We stand corrected. Yeah. Um, but um, it is a little bit strange that considering how Vader is showing his power, that anybody in that situation would be like, your sad devotion to that ancient religion. And it, it does seem a little weird. Uh, but what are you going to do? I mean, the, 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 the universe exists now. Yeah. <laughs> we They have to build on it. We, we have to go with what we know now, which is, you know, the Jedi are capable of so much more than they even knew when they yeah. made that film. So it is it is what it is. It but is uh, but it was incredible to see Vader. I kind of loved it. I've gotten in a couple arguments with some friends who think that Vader was always cooler when he's kind of behind the scenes, chilling out and not dealing with the the minutia of a situation, you know? No, but you uh, have but to, you have to see his power. Sometimes you have to know, everyone has to know that he, like I may be behind the scenes and just like kind of strong arming people, but you have to know why I can do this. And yeah. And those people served an example. Plus the way I see it, it was sort of that they had lost control of the situation. So Vader said, I'm going to step in and try to handle this. Uh, by the way, one of the if you, spoiler alerts, duh, everybody, I feel like mint. No, I put on some chapstick. Oh, I like it's it. It's delicious, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Burt's Bees. This podcast brought to you by Netflix and Burt's Bees. Get that cool, refreshing breeze, courtesy of the bees. Where'd you go? <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> I, I smelled that minty freshness. I was like, I want. You one. had a craving. <laughs> Here's some Altoids if you want some. Sure. That might be too much mint. I've always forget how like potent that stuff is for other people, and I'm like mm. moving into this into your personal space with this <laughs> cool refreshment. Uh, what, what the hell was I saying? Oh, the cool. I'll say yeah. Spoiler alert! One of the coolest visual effects I had seen in that movie was when those guys tried to to leg it and light speed out of there, and they just got just an epic pick set by Vader's uh, was it the executor or whatever his his superstar destroyer came out of nowhere, and those things just 
He just brushed off those ships like flies. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. That was like, that was the, oh, we're screwed moment. And it was so well done. There were a lot of great moments like that. And I thought that Gareth Edwards was a great choice. I think he's a, he's a super solid director. I think he he has a way of storytelling that's kind of patient. And he gives characters enough time to breathe, enough breathing room. And, and he's good I at like scale. The way he handled, he's great at scale. And I love the way he... Uh, they did the same thing with Godzilla, which was you put the camera in places that is realistic for an actual camera to be, uh, which, which is, gives visual effects uh, a feeling of realism yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. And it gives that sense of scale. Like, for instance, if you watch Godzilla, the only time you ever see Godzilla is from people's point of view. He's always like low angle. And you just like, oh, that's a gigantic monster. And yeah. And if it's aerial, it's from, you know, the floor of a... the the 50th floor of a building or something like mm. that, uh, which is kind of cool. And obviously Star Wars is a little different, but you could see how he played around with scale uh, in that opening shot where it's like, here's an Imperial shuttle, and then it's coming out of, uh, it, it's flying by some like some windows. Oh, it turns out it's being dwarfed by this Star Destroyer that, that was revealed through a shadow that is then being cast by the Death Star. So it's this like escalation of scale just to show you how, I don't think I ever really, felt that that sense of size in the Star Wars universe mm -hmm. before. Like, he really mm -hmm. nailed that. Let's talk about the score real quick. Yeah. So Michael Giacchino, uh, he's a great composer. And uh, I've been impressed with a lot of his work. He only had three weeks. I was a little disappointed that uh, D Dupla was not on it. Uh, so what, do you know what the backstory is? Why did he only have three weeks? They had somebody on it for, like, it years? Was, and then yeah, at the last second, Alexander they were like... D Dupla, and yeah. he... Uh, he's great. He's done. He did some work on the Harry Potter films. Uh, I mentioned those because he was brought in to sort of channel John Williams' style. Um, so he's sort of proven himself to to be a good uh, John Williams proxy while still bringing his own yeah. mu musical language to the table. And he's he's just phenomenal. And Michael Giacchino is is excellent too. And having only three weeks to do the score. Is uh, that's pretty incredible. It's pretty yeah. nasty. I mean, there are some there are some stories in the industry like uh, James Horner only had two weeks to score Star Trek Two: <laughs> The Wrath of Khan, which is incredible because that's that's a classic score yeah. now, you know. Uh, but uh, so Giacchino did a, a commendable job. I thought that he channeled Williams quite well. He cut a lot of the the Williams big blustery uh, chromatic movement. Um, there are some great cuts on the album, and there are a couple uh, anomalies. Yeah, that a couple I things you pointed that out. That I wanted me. to, yeah, because I just thought they were funny. Um, Only you would be able to pick these out too. I, I don't know if there's like a group of people out there that can. Well, there are certainly that same people, kind of an ear for. The, there for are certainly people that are more qualified than I am to to analyze any of it. But yeah. but there was something that I noticed that I haven't seen anyone else mention anywhere, and it's uh so one thing that although Giacchino did a good job of uh sort of catch capturing Williams' style in a lot of ways, I felt like one area where he felt a little short was in creating his own memorable themes for the film, and. Uh, the, one of the main themes, which first appears in A Long Ride Ahead, to, to me it just sounded a little bit too much like the love theme for Anakin and Padme. And I wondered why do something that's kind of that close in its melodic motion. It just, I, I didn't really understand that.
especially for something as gross as the love story between Anakin and Padme. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, nothing could be further away. Like, there, there's nothing even that would hint at that story in this story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so it didn't, I, th- I think it just was a similar sounding theme melodically. You know um, I am going to have one of these Altoids. Have one of those. They're sitting right in front of me. They're, They're delicious. Me yeah, there we go. Hmm. Uh, and the other one, this this was the one that I thought was kind of funny. This one's great. So when when Giacchino, I I don't know how he researched the thematic material for this film, but I have a theory that he actually was channeling the music for from another film uh, that is a that came out about two years or maybe one year after the original Star Wars: A New Hope called Star Crash. Commonly with, known as the Italian Star Wars. The Italian Star Wars <laughs> with David Hasselhoff, where they're wielding light swords. It's amazing. <laughs> if you haven't seen Star Crash, go buy it immediately. It's one of the greatest sci-fi ripoffs ever. It's hugely entertaining. But, but it's what, Italian, too, so it's sexy. It's sec- Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> sexy. So the score was by John Barry, and I swear to God, Giacchino used one of the themes from Star Crash as a starting point for one of his themes in Rogue One. And if you don't believe me, then listen to this. We're going to start with the Wobani Imperial Labor Camp. This is from, here's a a clip from Rogue One. And you're going to know this track. This was like, this was, this what I believe is like he was trying to make his signature moment in the score. Like this is a, this was kind of a reoccurring. Yeah, this is, this this, this theme is all over, all over the film. (laughs) So here we go. Here's the Robotti Imperial Labor Camp uh, where it first appears. Here we go. Okay, now here's, here's now here, Star Crash. Here's the main theme to Star Crash by John Barry. Okay, so there 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 it is. Chikino, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, no, it's great just work. Co- just come forward. It, it's okay if you took inspiration yeah. from it. There's, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Just, you had three weeks. Nobody's going to blame you for that. That's an insane <laughs> turnaround. If you gave me three weeks to do, like we can, Arl Knots, we're just, we're making what we make and we can't even do stuff in three weeks. No, there's, <laughs> there's nothing we Let can do. Let alone score a blockbuster film in one of the, like the greatest franchises in, in film history. And you um, know, and if you were inspired by John Barry, that is the composer to be inspired right. by. And also, John Barry if you're is, gonna, is the best. If you're going to be inspired by a movie, dude, Star Crash is a great obscure <laughs> place to start. Like, who's going to call you out on it except like extreme like film nerds <laughs> who have seen Star Crash? <laughs> Next step, if he starts stealing from Turkish Star Wars, then we got a problem. Then there's a problem. That movie's then there's insane. a problem. Just a quick note, by the way, the two tracks that we mentioned from Rogue One, the titles were reversed on the two tracks that we played. Yeah, so let's let's kind of circle back here. A little more news. We just that was that just tied uh, into the holidays. I feel like because we that's like the oldest piece of news. I think people were actually looking forward to hearing us talk about it. Yeah. So we kind of. So let's double back to current events. Current Um, events. We can skip. I think this one. Let's not do that one. Thanks for all the. uh, the positivity and feedback on uh, our most recent videos, uh, one, two, three, and ABC. It's nice to see people getting into that. That one's a little bit off the map for the kind of things we do, but we just had to do it because we're 
Yeah, it's, it's house guys. Yeah, and, it's kind of not off the map though. It's like that's, all the stuff we do is kind of whether it's uh, you know we we obviously have a bunch of new fans and there are people that are coming in through like maybe Kylo Ren videos and all that stuff. If you're familiar with the channel as a whole, you probably won't be surprised really by anything we put out. But yeah, it's but that was a great that was a great entry. And it had like even the video itself that combining like black and white footage with something newer is like had an old school feel to it. On top of it being like old school, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's house. that's certainly been been done before, but but the thing that really so made fun, us though. so happy was those guys. So they were doing like these the, the Charleston, but it was this weird '50s version of it where they were bringing in these sort of newer, hipper moves, yeah, sexier, but, like hip, like you know. But when you see those people dancing like that, I just I, it just reminds you that people were, were are always funky. Oh yeah, they were. <laughs> you on know, it. they're always just doing the craziest things, and it's it's nice to. It's just amazing to see it. It just Having does something to my dancing. brain when I see when I see people dancing. And like there's that. also what's great about these mashup type videos is that it shows you rhythm is universal. You know, it's, it doesn't matter what type of dance they're doing if they're doing it in the same time signature, it's gonna work. You know, it's yeah. And they're having so much fun. We did get uh, someone tried to call us out in the comments, and it's fair enough. It is the Charleston. You know, he was like, but in the description we wrote a throwback 1950s style, and he was like, this is a 1920s dance. Charleston, come on, guys! <laughs> it was the come on guys that kind of kind of set me off. I was yeah. like, "What do you mean, come on, guys?" And then we wrote back, and I kind of had to pull rank a little bit because my girlfriend is a 1920s not only dancer but dance instructor yes, and, and professional is. professional dance. She gets hired to do it, so I, I know it's the Charleston. God damn it! <laughs> I, I've seen it all the time. I know it's. I the go Charleston, to events. Damn it! But then she kind of came in and like backed me up. She's like, "No, no, no! This is a 50s version of the Charleston." She's like, "And look at their clothes. It's like." People wearing uh, what they think their interpretation of twenties clothing. She's like the, the the women's hats are too baggy. The, the men's suits are too tight. Like the, the pant legs are tight, very mod style, high water. The twenties yeah. they were pulled up really high and kind of baggier. She's like, no, that's a fifties video through and through. Yeah. So totes. I, I basically replied by saying that we were neither one of us is wrong. It is a twenties dance. It is a fifties movie. Um, and my defense was that. You know, if we put 1920s, some some film buff would have come by and been like, "Come on, guys, this is from Dance Jubilee, a 1950s movie." <laughs> so you can't win. So you we can't just, win. Yeah, we just try to against do, the internet. Yeah, everybody. You know, it's everybody. That's what's great about the internet. Everybody knows something you don't, and it's it's a great place to share information if you just do it in a diplomatic way. Yes. Um, dynamic virtual viewer came yeah. out. Um, Lots of awesome feedback on that. Yeah. We, we love to see the interaction with everybody on that. Dynamic virtual viewer was uh was really fun. It's part of a continuing sort of narrative Entry. that we're developing. Yeah, there's a, uh, it goes, yeah, it goes way back. Yeah, it goes back. Uh, and that's, it, there's nothing really specific about it. We just think it's a fun way to spin infomercials. Uh, but we are, we have introduced a new factor, a sort of infomercial freedom fighter situation. Yeah, there was a transmission being broken through in the, at the end of Virtual Viewer. And you can gonna, stay tuned for, for where that may uh, go or so may not. We're gonna, uh, we're, this, these videos have kind of always been our, some of our favorite types of video, like Zoomies still cracks me up. I'm, I'm, I really loved the Zoomies video. And uh, it all started with Zoomies just because it was such a weird device. We we own them. It's just a cheap piece of plastic with some like a couple of plastic lenses, you know, so, stuck Somebody together. in the comment section was like, is the dynamic virtual viewer? Oh no, if you, what if you use the dynamic dynamic virtual viewer with Zoomies yeah. already on your face? <laughs> One guy was happen? like, what kind if, of reality would you enter? He's like, am then? I gonna have to painfully remove them from my optic nerves <laughs> to, in order to wear the dynamic virtual viewer? It's, these these products are so baffling that they, they only work with some 
faceless entity that just is trying to understand how to control humanity, but is kind of missing the mark each time. <laughs> totally. Going yeah. Back, going let's, back into the Altoids. Oh, yeah. Let's hit yep. it. Let's just finish this tin of Altoids before mm-hmm. we... Um, big shout out. I like to try and shout out a different person each week from the from the viewing audience. But Dr. Juice was on top of it. We he called out the he was the first one that we noticed called out the sound effect we used that we were making fun of in our last podcast. The a whoops guy. Yeah, that was amazing. In case you don't remember a whoops, let's plug it in yeah, here. Here we go. A whoops. We we, we highlighted that as one of the most useless sound uh sound library files of uh, in existence there's like there's no possible scenario where a whoops being screamed in pain made sense we but we found one we found a place we forced it in the guy pouring hot bacon grease all over his chest <laughs> which is from the was that the oh the what was it something bib the oh that was from that was from an actual infomercial we wanted to make sure that uh, we were maintaining, I mean, we do break away from that format sometimes, but in this case, we wanted to make sure that that was from an infomercial yeah. and it is, it's called slob stopper, slob stopper. Yeah. And it's, it's just a straight up, it's a bib. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just a dude. It's a bib. Who just, it reminded me of airplane. That old joke. Like I have a drinking Jesus. problem and that guy just throws orange that... juice in his face. <laughs> like who? Yeah. I, you yeah. said something last week about actors in these infomercials where it's like the director, you're like, what is the direction like? Really sell this. Just be completely baffled by the process of drinking yeah. liquid from a cup. Like, act be, like be you- as incompetent as possible a human being <laughs> in, in whatever it is that you're doing. So this guy basically oh, takes a drink from his cup. He spills it all over his, check this out, right? He spills it all over his shirt and the, the the VO guy comes in and he says, do, do you spill shit on yourself all the time? Then you need the slob stopper. Then they come back to the guy again wearing this effing bib and he still spills stuff on his shirt. Like that's what he does. That's the kind of guy he is. But now that he has the slob stopper, everything's okay. Everything's with the world. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on now. That guy too. Come on. Not only does he come spill on. some on his chest, but he actually gets some in his mouth and then just dumps it out of his mouth onto his chest. Yeah. Once he, he sees that he spilled shit on his chest, he's just like, "Oh fuck it! It's a it's it's a loss now. I'm just gonna spray it everywhere." It just dribbles out of his mouth. But then he sees that it's on the slob stopper and he kind of does that nod. Yeah. Like, hey, that, that worked. Like, oh, it's good. not definitely on my crotch right now. Like, you're still going to get it everywhere. It's on your seat. You're a moron. <laughs> Kill yourself. Like, that's oh my, <laughs> Yeah. The slob stopper. Come on. Not only that, but he had one of those co- those thermoses with the screw on top. He should, It's idiot proof. Like, there's that, that scenario should not have happened. Yeah, that's the worst. And that's in one a, case, the, the woman sees him and she's grossed out. Oh yeah, like he's but trying then, to impress then, some hot chick with his with his sick, <laughs> his slick drinking style. <laughs> and she's like, "No way, buddy." She's the only real person in any of those videos. She's just disgusted with him, and that's the only possible reaction you could have to that guy. I don't even know why they threw her in there. What a weird cutaway. Oh, like, so oh, strange. you're afraid? Okay, so that's why. here's why she's there. This commercial is trying to sell you on the fact that if you don't have a bib on when you spill drink all over yourself, yeah. that <laughs> ladies are going to be repulsed by you. Right, get, because, the, get the bib. Because he still spills. Yeah. That, that's who he is. Nothing in that scenario has changed for him sexually. But you know He's that, still going to be totally you know denied. You know that woman's going to be like, yo, that is hot when she sees the dude with the bib <laughs> spilling the shit on his bib? 
that's that's yeah that's gonna be really impressive oh my god yeah that thing is woman proof <laughs> through and through <laughs> slob stopper it's even got a gross name it's disgusting that's right just up call it a bib just call it a, 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 a man bib boy like, that's bib. it boy bib there you go <laughs> alliterate it for maximum branding <laughs> Uh, what else we got? We got uh, some episode six. Yeah, uh, we are uh, happening. We're sitting down to watch episode six, maybe a little bit more today after we finish this. Yeah, it is in the works. Uh, we're still we have a bunch of scenes mapped out already, but we are going into the the nitty, the nitty gritty to figure out, you know, where all the jokes are going to be at and start to nail down the specifics. Big That's going to be coming yeah, in a big, in a while. Big travesty. We just finished the Java's Palace scene, and it's just blows me away how bad the new musical number is they when the special edition we actually had to quit watching it and we went back just to kind of cleanse our minds and watch the original yeah lap lap neck is the original song and it's just yeah. killer i love it. it's so funky it's like funky to the max yeah it's great and, and it's, it's it's weird because the you know it's not just the addition of cgi characters or something like that the entire edit is different yeah. the entire flow of the scene is different and you just you really get a sense of how much you can muck something up when you get in there and uh, start really switching things around. The they, whole edit is 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 really different. It's the sloppy, tension of the yeah. scene is, uh, you know, the, the the that woman that he has dan that dancer that he has on that chain who slips down into the thing. In the original, you you don't see where she goes, and everybody just crowds around the top, and there's a mystery about that, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, and then you, which is to be revealed later. You know, yeah. It's, but in the new one, they show her down inside the thing. It kind of pulls out all the tension from the scene about what will happen when when Luke goes down there. But then also things like she slides down the thing, and that CGI character's like, "Whoops!" It's just so bad. It's just so bad. Yeah. But anyway, what? Oh, whoops! <laughs> That's what she yelled when she met the Rancor. God damn it. That uh, that's you know that's and there's like the, like you said tension because there's that whole buildup between the two of them, Jabba and the woman, and they're like having some sort of a back and forth, and the music kind of like takes a break and lets this scene play out. And there's like clearly something happening between them, and then he just goes enough, and he like hits the button, and in this one that goofy ass Muppet song still just persists at at full power throughout that whole scene, and just strips that of any sort of buildup. You know, there's and the fact that these like weird new creatures are like playing to the camera. The guy gets all up in the camera and is like in its face. Like he almost grabs the cameraman and is like singing into yeah, it. Yeah, it's way, I hate it. it's I hate way bad. It. It's it's way bad. And they like double down on the baby talk. She's like, giga, ga, giga, boo, boo. <laughs> and it's just, it's just painful. They yep. didn't try it at all. Yeah, we should use the original scene. We got to use the original scene. It's it's so, it's almost creepier and it's like, it actually exists in the space. So yeah. you, I don't know. Yeah, so we're, we're, you'll you'll be learn that about us over time. We love CGI when it's done well, but we love practical effects from the classics. When you, when you mix from, them together, you get real real magic. Yeah, you know? that's like Jurassic Park did. Jurassic Park still looks amazing. I watched it the other day. That T Rex is a mix of practical and, and CGI, and it looks incredible. Yeah, it is amazing. The head, you know, you got a big giant head. Whatever. We yep, can, we can move on. <laughs> well, no, no, it's I totally agree. Yeah, we we have a lot more Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars, <laughs> speaking of Star Wars, speaking of Star Wars, geez, that Star Wars has never come up before. Um, <laughs> speaking of Star Wars, uh, I got a crazy idea. We are Let's doing. Let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> we are doing more Star Wars things that are. We are doing going to be having more Kylo Ren official, the, you know, YouTube character coming up, but also other Star Wars stuff that's not. 
it, within the Arnold Knotts uh, Star Wars sort of universe. So, you yeah. know, keep keep tuned for uh, for more stuff. Keep we have a, tuned. Keep tuned. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, look out yeah. for look out for more uh, Star Wars stuff coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Maybe maybe with the with that new project we've been talking about, we can sort of tease Episode Six too. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, we kind of that's kind of a tradition. We always tease a new episode of some sort of filler. So most of it's creepy stuff, but any Star Wars will do. We have another idea coming up that is not creepy related. That is Star Wars related. That is not Arl Knotts. Star Wars related. <laughs> uh, let's see other stuff. We are. Uh, it's, it's really hard to like. Yeah, we can't talk we can't, without we just can't saying what it, it is. We can't. Yeah. We can't talk about it because somebody will definitely do it. Oh, they'll definitely. Do or it. it may have already been done. Who knows? And we don't. We don't care. care. We're not going to bother to search <laughs> for it. It's such a bummer. Craven had this policy when I first met him, and I kind of agree with it. If you have an idea, and you have a good execution plan for it. Don't go look it up and because it's like when somebody goes, oh, you mean like this? It's such a bummer because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're copying that person, but it also doesn't mean that you can't do it better. You know, it's yeah, just put it out there and see what happens. There's sort of nothing like a killer of inspiration than trying to find out who else has done it before and to what degree. Because all you can do from then on is compare yourself up against that yeah. and be influenced by it. Because now, that, you know, after you've seen it and experienced it, you're forced to, to so so unless it's something that we like we didn't I didn't look to see if uh, you know when we started Darth Trump it didn't didn't we didn't research that and that could have very easily have been something that someone had done before yeah. that we had missed but uh we took a chance on it you know some things obviously you do research <laughs> yeah you know you have to and and there are other things that we have seen that of course we're going to be influenced by like you know red letter media stuff is fantastic always been a, a big fan of that stuff going back to like you know his original uh even going back to his like star trek the the films uh reviews and stuff yeah. like that um but for the most part yeah when you have an idea i have to just, do him in just do your and, best i have to do him in, in bits and pieces <laughs> though yeah i can't i can't take that voice for long periods oh, of time we're <laughs> right going hey so what else we have we have oh, we've been invited to another kind of festival conference situation. It's called AggieCon. It's in Texas. It's in Bryan, Texas. Uh, it's interesting. It seems to be a really pretty big spot for some... It's like a small, low-key festival. Not a lot of attendees, but they've had people in the past that are kind of it's kind of staggering, actually. They've had Neil Gaiman has been to it. Um, George R.R. R. Martin has, has spoken at it mm -hmm. and i guess we're going to be part of that let's you know let's be clear like other people on our level have been there too it's not just <laughs> the neil gaiman's and the george R. R. we have been upgraded to the, the next class not at all when, i mean they when, when they threw have, those examples out there to us to sell us on the conference and then we looked at the rest i'm like i've never heard of anybody else that's been there but yeah, it well, looks cool and i can't wait to do it usually when people uh reach out to us it's because they have either discovered our stuff online or someone has pointed them towards it and they're like hey we should get these guys because they've got whatever it is and so usually it's sort of someone who is maybe a fan in the system yeah. is is pushing for us which is really cool uh but we are going to yeah we're going to be at uh the agathon uh aggie con aggie sorry yeah. aggie con uh 
convention coming up in March. That's in late March, yeah. I think March 24th. So if you're in Texas, if you're in Bryan, Texas, if you're, if you're near Bryan, Texas, uh, reach out. Maybe we could hook up or something, you know? Uh, we did that with uh, XL. You know, we had a few, we ran into a few fans out there and it was really cool to meet them. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, we'll be in Texas late March. What else? Um, gonna... Let's go on, for, let's move on from uh, current events to, you want to continue with movie and entertainment? Yeah, news? we can kind of cover, you know, a lot, everybody's been doing their like, my favorite movies of 2016 and all that, but we haven't, we've been busy and gone, so we haven't really had a chance to do anything like that. So we can. Yeah, we were talking about we did a Rogue One kind of synopsis and feelings, thoughts, and then we have some others that we, uh, you know, the other the other day, uh, Craven suggested a film to me, and he was like, "It's a zombie movie, but it's a Korean zombie film that takes place on a train." And I knew just because he was recommending a zombie movie to me that it wasn't going to be <laughs> just a shameless cash in on a tired genre. I knew it was like I got to watch this, and Train to Busan is incredible uh, you got to watch that movie yeah i i just found it almost by accident i think it was rec it was like a recommended film or no no i sorry i was going through the itunes movie store and i was like what is this K korean zombie film yeah. <laughs> and then i, I read a couple <clears throat> reviews and uh i i was like i have to see this you know and it kind of fits in with like because one of my favorite you know, monster movies is the host that Korean. That's a great you know, film, giant yeah. monster movie. That's and really like, fun. And I, I, what I liked about that was their sort of a way of injecting horror and and, and emotion. And Train to Busan kind of did the same thing. They really nailed it. And everything yeah. about it to like the setup to like the people to the character arcs and just the zombies. Holy crap! They're like waves of of human bodies just crash just ravenously crashing after you yeah like they, they're so ravenous that they like they 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 stop each other from making any progress because they're just so they pile up and they just create bio, uh barriers for each other and then, yeah they the whole the whole zombie trope it's um it's always cool and refreshing to see somebody have a, a different spin on it uh, and there there are films that come out that have a different spin on it you know the first time you see zombies running at full speed that that was a different spin to be like oh okay zombies actually can just run yeah <laughs> you know that's different than your classic zombie um, and it always creates different types of uh, encounters and problems for the characters yeah. so uh, in this film they t uh, without giving too much away um, they took a bunch of tropes and just kind of made them into something different it, it feels different than other zombie films while still remaining pretty pretty true. Yeah. To the core idea of what they are and what's going to happen when they yeah. when they get you and how that whole thing functions. And yeah, and zombie films like the overall themes you usually end up being like what what could people do to rise to the occasion in the for in the face yeah. of some sort almost like not quite a force of nature, but almost like a force of nature. You know, it's yeah. Um, and you know, and, it's, and that's why in most of these movies. It's always like humans are the real monsters. It usually people being usually end up being the, the the final barrier and to for like to for survival. You know, yeah. Um, it's no different here, but the way it's handled is very classy. Everyone's afraid. You know, that's just the underlying theme. Like even the bad people, they're just afraid. It's just people that are afraid reacting differently to fear. Yep. And it's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Um, and just some sad moments. You know, just like people realizing things, taking things for granted, and then like. Oh, that a tidal wave of zombies sort of makes you <laughs> come to terms with yeah. like, Oh man, I've totally just, uh, you know, taken my daughter or my dad for granted. 
And there's a clear fan favorite in that one. I haven't talked to anybody else besides Craven who watched it, but there's the big guy. I can't even remember his name. I'm just going to call him Big Guy because you'll know who he is. <laughs> yeah. He can't even hide his, his, his power underneath that sweet blazer he was wearing. <laughs> you know, he's just a stud. And he's like, he and his wife are the best. I said it to my girlfriend. I was like, "That that couple is the, are the best." People they were in this amazing. Movie. I absolutely loved every single character in the film, even though they they all had different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, they were such great. It was such a great ensemble of characters, and uh, the director really just took took his time to make sure that the character arcs all made sense and played out in a way that was super satisfying. Yeah. And but but then again, he's also staging these incredible action sequences. Like there were some really top notch action oh, yeah. sequences in there. So dude, and that guy, big guy, I gotta find his name. I, I looked him up the other day and he's he's awesome. Um but he had a move where he just like straight up lifted a zombie and just like smashed him on the ceiling of the train and then just dropped him back down. That was like, yeah. this is what a, a, a person would do in this situation. Who's like, I get to hit people and it's like, no, all bets are off. I can do whatever I want. I want to smash a human body into the ceiling of the train. Yeah. It's, this is my time to practice all those moves. Like <laughs> that I know that I know I can do right without like recourse, you know, that so guy actually is huge in, in real life too. Oh yeah. He's we looked at pictures massive. of him. He's actually, yeah, he actually has a background in the MMA scene. Um, he was, um, in the old pride days back in Japan. If you're not familiar with, uh, uh, um, Zach, myself, I'm, I'm a fan, I'm an MMA fan. I used to train MMA. I've trained people in MMA. It's really fun. Uh, but I, I'm a big fan going all the way back to the Pride FC days. <laughs> and those were those days were nuts. This is Japan uh, at its finest. They're throwing in just freaks into a ring with each other with no regulations. There's no, like, drug testing. It was just, just super charged up, drug to the gills monsters. Just And this guy this, from this movie was one of their, like, physical trainers. You know, he was, like, their personal fitness trainers you know, for, like, Mark Coleman and... Uh, Kevin Randleman too. If you haven't seen, go look up a clip. This is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. So there's just a brief foray here. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko is widely regarded as one of the best heavyweight fighters of all time. If you have to look up a clip of him, he's just this like stone-faced Russian cyborg. He's but he's got kind of a pudgy dad body. It's incredible. And he was fighting all these dudes who were just like juiced to the nines, and he just Fedor just with his beer belly would just come in and just punch you and smash you and submit you. And there's a video of Kevin Randleman. And he beat Kevin Randleman after this happened. Kevin Randleman is an Olympic wrestler, gets behind him, and then suplexes him like a video game character. He was like a Zangief move. It should not have been possible. <laughs> he grabs Fedor from behind, jumps into the air backwards, and there's a few seconds there where they were both airborne. And then they just land on Fedor's neck. Oh, God. <laughs> That's terrible. And then he gets up and submits Kevin Randleman. He's like, oh, you, le you left your arm open when you tried to paralyze me. It's over for you, friend. Damn. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that guy. I looked him up and it just sent me down a, uh, you know, a, a nostalgic trip back into the days. Well, of speaking Prime. of MMA, you wanted to, you mentioned Ronda Rousey. Yeah, earlier. that was a big thing that happened. Uh, you're more of a, you're more of a fan of. Yeah, I love the that fight, universe than I am, but I, but I do sports. find it pretty interesting. You know, well, and Ronda sort of transcended that too. Ronda was like a a celebrity, you know, like mm -hmm. a lot like Conor McGregor is. They're, they're celebrities, um, outside of their sport. You know, they're recognizable by people who are not fans. And, well, uh, yeah, Ren just saw something of McGregor. She yeah. said he was hilarious. Oh, he's he's he, a nut. He's he's a, he's the the biggest shit talker on the planet, and it's yeah, amazing. 
he injects that like a lot of people are like peer to the sport they're like it's about the athletic ability and I was like no it's 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 entertainment too you know it's not just a football team it's like it's a person out there and yeah. you got to be on that person's side you have to know that person you have to want to root for them I don't care about abs and ability like I mean those are great but like when it comes down to it I, I need a reason to spend money on your fight and Connor provides them I don't. I want him to lose every time I watch him fight, but but I will pay to see him fight every time. Uh, but Ronda was kind of the same way. Uh, she kind of built herself up as this unstoppable. You know, she ushered in women's MMA into the UFC because Dana White at one point was like, "There will never be women in the UFC. I'm just not interested." And then she showed up, and he's like, "Maybe there can be some women in the UFC." <laughs> she was that incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was. And she opened the floodgates. And now there's a ton of just like tremendous female athletes in the sport. And a few of them have just, just beat her down. Like she lost bad a year ago to somebody who just completely figured out her style, was not afraid to engage with her, and kept her at the ranges that she knew she could not do well in. Because mm-hmm. in the past, Ronda would just grab you, throw you so hard onto the ground, and then just armbar you. Even if you knew that was going to happen, a wizard is never late. Frodo Baggins, mm-hmm. like I'm going to get armbarred. You could work armbar escapes all day, and you know if you're not familiar with what an armbar is, here, hand me that pen real quick. So this is an armbar. It's it's a it's a simple machine based on a fulcrum. It's like if you try to break this pen, like just by doing that, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. But if you just put your thumb there and do that, ah, right, okay. This is like me holding your wrist, my legs trapping your shoulder, and then my and then my. So Zach is Zach is, is currently applying pressure. To the middle of the pen, and then while holding down on both, both sides. Yeah. So that's an armbar. Ronda has probably the Gross. best armbar <laughs> in the sport, and she would just kill people with that. So Holly Holm was the first person to just kept her kept her standing every time Ronda tried to throw. She's like, "Nope, we're gonna kickbox," and she just beat the tar out of her. And then she came back. There's this big comeback road. You know, it's like this is the the true star. All these other women have tried, but they're not as they don't have that that star quality that she has. She's back. Completely just ignoring her opponent, who is the current champion, Amanda Nunez, mm-hmm. who's amazing. She's just a monster. And they just totally just like wrote her off. They're like, Ronda's back now. It's like, it's going to be her show again. And Amanda Nunez, just her fist just said, nope. And just 48 <laughs> seconds just completely demolished That's her. That's rough. Yeah. And it was just. A, so you know, is it that Ronda Rousey wasn't able to adapt? To the growth in the sport it's that. itself. I mean, the sport is, is growing so fast. You can't just step in there with like what you know and compete with these. These you're, we're now seeing people in the sport that are, have grown up doing it. You know, when the sport yeah. first came out, you had like dudes and that took karate class at the strip mall. <laughs> you know, just trying yeah, to like yeah, you were just yeah. tough dudes, but didn't have that you know that knowledge of the game that these people that are just growing up with. I go to jujitsu tournaments and there's children there. Like those are the, the future. Those people now that you get yeah. people that are like eighteen now, the sport's over twenty years old in America. Yep. So it's yeah, so you can't you can't underestimate people. And she had like a lot of talk has been about her training camp, how she got this guy who's like a weird con artist type guy who he's such a bad trainer that another fighter, like during another fight, he got in there and like tried to talk crap to the other fighter, and the other fighter just straight just you know, push kick. From yeah. The class. He just push kick this trainer across the ring. He's like, get it the fuck out of my face. Verdue, man. Just push kick this guy. He's not a good, nobody likes him, but Rhonda keeps him around. And he's, he convinced Rhonda that she was a boxer and that she'd be able to box with this girl who is a boxer. And it just did not. That's you, unfortunate. Yeah. It's, you know, 
It's just weird. It's, 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 it's that was another that was a big moment in 2016. You know, I like, kind of wonder too if that's gonna like impact. I mean, it definitely will. But I, I, at one point, Rhonda was going to enter the world of you know Hollywood. Oh, dude, it's and, over. It's over. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think probably that's not that all it hinges on your status as the best at what you do. Yeah, you can't. You should, you're not an actor. You're a fighter. You can't be. You're the, you, she's going to be in Hollywood because she's the best. You know, they're selling movies on this idea that she's this unstoppable champion. Yeah. As soon as you're not, unless you can act, you ain't getting those contracts. That all went away. Like that's. She did have a, a pretty solid turn in the Fast and Furious. Was she in that one? Was she? I, <laughs> I think she was. <laughs> Let's take a look. What at was that. she? She was definitely an entourage. That she, was a. She was. Um. I think she was. I think she armbarred Turtle or something <laughs> like that. I never watched yeah. that show. There's a turtle in there, right? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, here she. Oh, is. she fought Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, and it was a great scene. She was pretty. She was pretty awesome. Let's check this out. Yeah, she was great. It was really enjoyable to watch. Oh, her. They, they were in like ballroom outfits too. It was a classy fight. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, look at her shoulders though. See, she's doing like Superman punches. She. Where was that when you fought Nunez? <laughs> you ain't got the stand up. Yeah. So she was doing it, and that was all. And she's great at it. I mean, she's a natural born star, no doubt. She's totally. a hard worker, but. Without that, you know, that clout she had as a fighter, that's all gone. She's not going to be in it. You're not going to see her in any more movies after this. It's always sort of interesting, too, to see them try to use real-world fighting in an action movie. Oh, yeah. Whoa. All right, that's... <laughs> she just threw well, Michelle Rodriguez, like, 50 well, feet through well, the have air. You, have, you not, have, you not, have you not seen Fast and Furious 7? I've been. You know what? A lot of people have been like... It's, it's a different style of movie now. You need to get caught up, and they're amazing. Well, like, they're mean, just fun movies. They're so ridiculous. I mean, the scene where they're basically trying to get... They're... they're oh, man, I can't even explain it. There's one scene where they're jumping from skyscraper to skyscraper in Dubai in a car. What? So they're like, they're Dude, like, that's incredible. They're like crashing out of a window <laughs> at like the 80th floor and then landing on the 60th floor of, of a building next to that building. And they keep doing it because Until they get just, to the streets. Yeah. They can't stop the Until car. They hit the streets. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. That is so, uh, I, that's, a, that's more like so a comic over the book. Top. That's like, like live action anime or something. Oh, it's I love it. It's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's totally uh, ridiculous. you know, it's funny though. When I brought up like people trying to use real MMA in like a movie, Donnie Yen was one of the first people to do that successfully. There's a movie called Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Yeah, okay. one of the final fights in that is just like they're just using straight mixed martial arts moves: clinch, ground, Muay Thai. It's like full MMA, and it looks amazing. He's one of the only people I think I've seen successfully use that style in a film in a cinematic, you know, visually uh, exciting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in Star Wars. It's all circles back. Yeah. Donnie Yen was the blind uh, monk, the protector of the the temple. That guy's incredible. You need to if you if if the um, the force the rogue awakens was uh, your first exposure to Donnie Yen. There's a lot of stuff you can check out. Oh yeah, he's huge. He's got a ton of movies. Ip Man, of course, he was Ip Man. Yep. And like I, I didn't watch the third one where he fights Mike Tyson. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Don't, to that I didn't series, even, but I don't think I'm gonna be watching that I, one. I, First I and second one were were pretty. They're great. incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the character Ip Man is based on is loosely based on the the real teacher who who taught Bruce Lee how to fight. Basically, is what that mm. backstory is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a little mythological. So, <laughs> what's your favorite kung fu film, by the way? Oh damn, my favorite kung fu film. 
The original Drunken Master is probably still one of my favorites. Drunken Master followed, well, maybe Drunken Master And not too. Legend of the Drunken Master 2, where it's like more it's more contemporary, right? He's fighting like gangsters and stuff. In Drunken Master 2, yeah. yeah. The first one was when he was straight up just Kung Fu Village. Yeah. He had to fight like dudes that were like Street Fighter characters. Like, I'm Iron Head. The, yeah. The, the, the Drunk, Drunken Master, the sequel to the first one, is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I, I think followed by... Fist of Legend. Fist of Legend is a classic. It's just, uh, I mean, those are pretty cliche choices, but they are. They're, they're just they're so a reason. Good. Yeah, you watch Fist yeah. of Legend, you're like, you know, it's funny. The first time I watched Fist of Legend, I was such a huge Jackie Chan fan that like Fist of Legend bored me because I wasn't used to that straight faced, serious style. And then I watched it again. I'm like, this movie. What am I doing? This movie's incredible. Are you kidding me? Jet Li is a beast. <laughs> The Defender is a great Jet Li movie, by the way. That's the Defender. Yeah, oh, and like if you're interested in more um, blind swordsman action look at any of the older zatoichi films yeah, which are um, just like amazing t- uh, takeshi katano right well there was a remake uh that was he did the remake yeah right? he did yeah. the remake which was pretty fun actually but yeah. but the original films are still incredible to this day I, I sat down and watched um like the first one the other night i i went through the whole series too yeah. there was a film there was a like uh there was a series of the films that chronicle it was something like 17 i don't even remember how many Jesus. there were but it was uh and, and it's it, it's really outstanding and I, I feel like we'd get called out as as frequent appropriators of 80s schlock if I didn't uh, mention Blind Fury with Rudger Hauer, <laughs> which is also an incredible blind swordsman movie. I uh, haven't seen Blind Fury. You haven't Fury. seen Blind Fury? No. We should, should we should. sit down and watch we that? We should do that. We, we keep talking about doing um, you know, live streams with our Patreon group. And they've we've done a couple, but they haven't worked out mostly because of either technical issues or copyright issues. But... Robot Jocks is on deck, but Blind Fury would be a great one. It's so ridiculous. I'm into that. He was like a Vietnam POW, and he wasn't a POW. He actually got lost and blinded by like a, a, a Claymore explosion or something like that. And then some like kindly villager old man took him in and taught him how to be a ninja. <laughs> of course he did. He came back to the States enlightened. Nice. And badass. He also fights um, uh, Shokasugi in that. Shokasugi gets hired to kill him, who is another great, you know, legendary martial arts film actor. But he was in all the bad ninja movies, basically. All the ones that were like totally like capitalizing on the ninja craze. Of the, yeah, he was in like yeah. all three, like uh, Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, Ninja 3, The Domination. You know, he's, Shokasugi's a badass. <laughs> Love the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. What else we got here? We got uh, a other, series of unfortunate events. Yeah, that was the, that was the final thing on our list that we were going to discuss today. Yeah. I think we should probably just uh, we don't need to go too deep into it. Yeah, a lot of if people you, probably haven't seen it yet. If you're but, familiar with the series from the books, or, or if the you, Jim Carrey movie, or the Jim Carrey movie, which yeah, was like a kind of shaky. I missed it. I didn't. It was did I, it, how how similar was it to this series? It was like, similar in some ways, to be honest. But yeah. but I just um. You know, it's difficult to always to compress something, yeah. you know, into a film length. So, you know, th- being a, a series now, which is something that's happening a lot with series, having that time to let a story breathe a little bit uh, and give adequate time to character development and story development. Yeah. Um, a series of fortunate, uh, a series of unfortunate events. The Netflix series is totally winning with yeah. that. Right I got now. two episodes left, and it's just been blowing me away with how. It's smart it is. Fantastic. It's smart, but it still feels like it's supposed to be a kid's show, but I can't really picture any kids watching it. It seems like adult entertainment. Oh, it's so dark. Yeah. Uh, But it's, to me, it's like nonstop. The the balance between the 
the the buffoonery of of the bad guys so with buffoonery. the incompetency of all the adults against the real true peril of these kids. Yeah. And there is death, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're Frequently. surrounded by, yeah. by terrible situations. It's and a, the balance a, between all of those things is incredible how it, they manage it. All it all seems like the, the, over, the, the arc is always like two part story. It's like, I think there's eight episodes total and each one of them is like the such and such part one, the such and such part two. It's basically Neil Patrick Harris is the villain. There's some setup and he's always thwarted by the second episode and then it just starts all over again in the next episode because they're just passed from incompetent adult to incompetent adult. And the overall the overall theme is that they're, these kids are in constant trouble because they're just living in a world where adults think they know everything. And it's amazing. And it's like the only people that, that are flabbergasted by that are the kids who are just are, are, – their biggest challenge is to convince the adults of things that they know. And Neil Patrick Harris's villain, he's totally just like – can't believe it when he people buy his bullshit stories and his <laughs> crappy disguises. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and Neil Patrick Harris, not for nothing, is phenomenal. Oh, he's this. the best. He he plays it very differently. He plays Count Olaf very differently than than uh, Jim Carrey. He's, he makes it his, which is really yeah. It, he really does. He really owns it. And um, I think he has a little bit more uh, room to not just go completely bananas every time he's on screen. So he just had a little bit more flexibility. Well, he gets to play basically a new character every other episode and it's like I can't imagine how much fun that is for yeah. him and he's just there, he's there are a couple of musical numbers that are outstanding um, and then just uh, one even, of them and some of like them that. are like take musical cues from like New Order if I'm not crazy right like one of them sounds like Blue Monday oh I didn't catch that L pull up can you pull up right now the first that song that, that him and his when they first introduce his acting troupe and they like sing the Count Olaf it's the song. Count. Yeah, it's the Count. 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 Like that's Blue Monday, right? Go to the song. Let's see if that's the song. So we just listened to uh, New Order Blue Monday and put it up against the song It's the Count in a series of unfortunate events. And it does look like there is some, some melodic intention going on and there. I feel like they did it on purpose though because well, they there is a New Order reference and I cannot remember what it is yeah so it looks oh, like um, I, I mean I, I think you could actually make a good case that New Order is influencing some things That's that just makes that show cooler it is, in my mind oh, yeah, they're just like, 100% because that's just an incredible like, like Blue Monday is one of the best songs ever created not, not to mention just the overall score and the theme song too are mm -hmm. fantastic the theme song changes every week every, yeah it's like yeah. It's, it's like summarizes it's, where everything's at that's the recap yeah, they don't right. recap the show for you they do it in the, in the in the opening theme in the song and the song is great and some of the, some of the cues look away look <laughs> away I love it it's yeah, here, we'll give you a little clip of the theme song right yeah. here. Look away, look away, look away, look away. The show will wreck your evening, your whole life, and your day. Every single episode is nothing but dismay. So look away, look away, look away. Three children lose their home and go to live with someone awful. He tries to steal their fortune with a plot that's not quite lawful. It's hard to fathom how the orphans manage to live through it. Or how a decent person like yourself would even want to view it. Just look away. So yeah, so check that show out. Uh, it's another, again, Netflix knocking it out of the park with an original show production. They're, yeah. really, they're really on fire with this stuff. And you uh, know, visually it's got a good mix of styles too. It kind of looks like... I mean, it does, first of all, it does feel as if it's a storybook 
kind of unfolding in real time. It just has that look. The visual style has that look. But it also kind of reminds me of Adam's Family by way of Tim Burton kind of style to it too, which is really I always I dig that style anyway. And yeah, since Tim Burton has largely kind of fallen off <laughs> in general, a bit. It's nice bit. to have something around that's like that that candy coated misery kind of thing going on. Yeah, and it doesn't shy away from the misery at all. Oh yeah, they They're, it's it's uh, they wear it on its sleeve like this. Straight yeah. up, Patrick Warburton, who's incredible as the narrator. Oh, he's he's such an inspired choice. Yeah, his whole opening is just to tell you to like you like not to watch the show. He's <laughs> like, I don't know why you're here. It's nothing but bad stuff. Like, yeah, and, it's going to be terrible. And you mentioned too that it was cool how they took Lemony Snicket as the voice. Uh, in the story, in the in the book, right. and then made him a literal, a literal presence, character. Yeah. yeah, in the show. Because I guess the narrator in the books, and I haven't read the books, you know, full disclosure. But from what I understand, the narrator is not a person. It, but there is a definitely a, a, a tone and style to the narration that's sort of a little sarcastic, a little deadpan, a little depressing. And then they just made Patrick Warburton the character, and he's it's perfect. Yeah, it's great. All around, it's it's a it's a great one. We would highly recommend that. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's and yeah, other than that, I'm looking forward to Iron Fist. I think that's the next big Netflix thing that I'm gonna yeah. watch. And uh, oh, who's the um, who's the character who plays the who plays Poe? That would be Todd K. Todd oh, Freeman. Right. So yeah. K. Todd Freeman, uh, another another big time big time mention. Freeman, not in Freeman. the series. Uh, I said Freeman. Freeman. Yeah. Um, it plays uh, Mr. Poe, who's the uh, the accountant guy who's always trying to take the Baudelaire children to their next location and look look out for them but uh, he's like an incompetent buffoon and that guy is hilarious he's the best he his his comic timing um and his with his consistent like coughing and and just the way he like freaks out <laughs> that guy he he's amazing um so yeah just wanted to mention him too yeah um series of unfortunate events get on that it. shit get on it <laughs> So should we do uh, guess that sound effect or yeah, should we? Yeah, we'll should make we... that a uh, recurring thing. We're gonna always we're gonna dip into our sound library every every episode and play with it. So yeah, this one Craven is gonna play me a clip. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna need tr- you to I'm gonna need you to turn around so you can't oh, see. Okay, so he's gonna, just... I'm gonna try and guess what the metadata is basically <laughs> and how one would find this track in the first place. All right, stand by. Hold on a minute. It's the count. It's the count. It's, it's the, the count. count. It's the count, it's the count, it's the count. To treat me like you do. You know what actually would be really funny? What's that? We should take that song and put it up against New Order. They're in different keys, but yeah. I, I could probably line, probably it line it up. That'd be hot. And uh, That'd be hot. Just take the lyrics and then... Yeah. I wonder if you could do that. Could you break out the, the oh, vocals? Man, well, and... might be able to, I might be able to even do a version of the song. Synth... Wise Ooh, up against the track. That'd be hot. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna search. Uh, I'm gonna recording again. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna find a sound effect right now uh, on my own. I'm gonna play it, and then Zach is gonna try to identify either the metadata or what it sounds like to him. Okay. I'm gonna start with an easy one. Uh, and here we go. I mean, the opening of that sounds very much like hard copy or something. Hard like, here's copy. Here's the news. Yeah, this, right, is so, like, this is going to be like a hard-hitting report come incoming. Okay. So, so, but how you find it, I mean, you might have been like, well, that was like news. news sting. Is that what you yeah, put? That's, okay. That's news. Booyah. Yep. All right. Pretty good. News. Um, 
So if you ever want to hear those things, just know that some guy just pulled it out of a library. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on that, one second. You know, that reminds me of that hard copy thing you turned me on to, the Trent Reznor story. Oh, God, yeah, Dude, that's you gotta hilarious. get on that. I still can't believe that video doesn't have as many views as it should. While he's looking up something, I'm going to basically explain that. There's a there's an episode of Hard Copy from way back in the day where uh, some Nine Inch Nails, before they were anybody, made a home video. They were trying to make a music video on an 8 millimeter camera or something like that. Yeah. And they put the camera on a balloon to try to get an aerial shot of Trent Reznor being like basically ritually killed by like a group of, you know, cultists or something. And then the camera got away from them <laughs> and it turned up in like Michigan or something like that. A farm, up, a cornfield in Michigan. Farm. Yeah, some guy found the camera yeah. and turned it over to the police. And there's this huge investigation to find like the cultist that murdered this guy. <laughs> it was like a two-year FBI investigation <laughs> into who killed this person in this field. And the whole time it was just a shot of Trent Reznor. In the grass. In the grass. Yeah. And there was like... Turns out it was hard rock and roller Trent Reznor of, you know, wherever he was from. Like, yeah, just look up hard copy Trent Reznor. You won't even believe that it's real. It's the most biased at thing. It's like because they interview him and he's just like, I, think, I don't know why people thought I was dead. I think it's a big waste of time. I think it shows you how many resources get thrown away. And the hard copy guy goes, but some people actually have respect for the law and law and order and are just jokers. It's, it's hysterical because he's like, you may not have heard of him. His name is Trent Reznor. <laughs> and then he's like, he's the lead singer in a band called Nine Inch Nails, but you wouldn't be wrong to think they should be called Nine Inch Noise. <laughs> <laughs> like, these guys are such clowns. Nailed it, dude. These my guys- my favorite, though, is the recreation. So they were like... We like the case like turned a corner when an artist <laughs> recognized old classmate Trent Reznor. They they dramatized the artist, and it was this dude in a foppy Renaissance artist outfit. He had like a floppy hat on and a big giant bow, and he was like, hmm, like painting a woman. And then he saw the TV, and he's like, <gasps> like he was mincing loot like a, a a pansy. And they like they. Did that? They filmed that to be like, Dude, this is what we think an artist is—a bunch of losers, if you want a look, bunch of homosexuals. If you, want, <laughs> if you want a good snapshot of how conservative media really was, take a look at the hard copy video of of uh, Trent Reznor's Trent Reznor uh, dies. Hard copy. It's unbelievable. The guy's like, he had piercings on his face. It, it's just nuts. It's out of control. Nine inch noise. <laughs> that is. I wish I, she, I wish you know what I wish happened right there. I wish one of those spring-loaded boxing gloves just shot out from off camera and punched that guy in the face. <laughs> you know what the funniest thing about that clip is though? Trent Reznor just seems like as normal as somebody would be today. Yeah, he doesn't seem dated at all. It's just he's like hey, he's sarcastic I, and yeah, like, he's yeah. just he seems just on on the ball as much as anybody would be. But everybody around him is just this bizarre frozen snapshot of Reagan it, era. When, what era was that? Was that, uh, that it might have been Clinton like era, the right? Early nineties, yeah, That's late so, late 80s, early nineties. Yeah. yeah, it might have been Clinton era then. So funny, man. It would have yeah. been Reagan, by the way. <laughs> Bush. I don't. I get confused. There's been a lot of presidents in my lifetime. <laughs> I'll give you one more sound effect. Right, After that, I don't even know if we need one, but oh, yeah. here we go. Huh. It's weird because it's like it starts off kind of supernatural and then just gets cartoony. Mm-hmm. Zip. I feel like it's uh, some sort of teleportation. Like I don't know how you would look that for it. That one was just ghost. That was ghost? Yeah. What was with that loony zip at the end of it? That sounded know. like somebody just like 
actually the, they just like were deatomized. The, the, the full the full title on that one is Eerie Ghost Rip. The first part is definitely eerie. <laughs> eerie Ghost but Rip. But that play that again. That last part was that didn't make any sense. It goes That's a ghost rip. <laughs> Did you, so is that like tearing the ghost sheet and how what is that sound at the end? It's like a little zip. I don't know. It's an eerie it's ghost so rip. So weird. The beginning of that is is like is gold. I would totally use that for something. But Here, that I'll give you another one. Uh, here's a new one. Here we go. Dude, is that a guy eating spaghetti and meatballs? <laughs> That's so gross. What is that? That is so moist. <laughs> so the full the full title of that one is Flesh Moving and Sucking Human. Oh. <laughs> flesh moving and sucking. Flesh. <laughs> Dude, Creepio has that on a loop just on his on his MP3 player <laughs> on his old iPod Touch. Oh, what man. the? F oh All right, my I'm gonna finish God. this with one more. Uh, Flesh moving and touching is that what it was called? Sucking. Sucking. Yeah. That was definitely a human being eaten. Is what that was. Okay, ready? Here we go. One last final one. This other music segue for you. All right, here we go. Ready? Date is starting off just the right way. Is that date music? Romantic segue. Booyah! Nice job, man. All right. I mean, I should be in charge of segues. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, we're going to... Uh, the segway commander. We're going <laughs> to... Segway commander. Segway commander! Sweet. Well, thanks uh, for checking in with us for podcast number seven. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to edit this one way down. Oh, we're yes. like 74 minutes. Oh, dude, it's all gold. It's tight. There's no fat on it. Oh, there's so there's much fat. fat. So much fat. I'm fat. I'm also fat. <laughs> we got to get unfattened. Yep. Uh, yeah, check us out at our regular support links, if you would. It would be hugely appreciated, and it just helps us make more stuff. We're at Patreon backslash Arlnots. Uh, you can follow us at various outlets for various reasons. Twitter, at Arlnots. Instagram, at Arlnots Official. T-shirts, Spreadshirt Arlnots. What else we got? What else can we whore? SoundCloud. I don't know. It's yeah, just, SoundCloud. If you're sure. listening to this, you probably already know about SoundCloud. <laughs> it's a conundrum there. How did you find this? Conundro. Conundro. Uh, yeah. So thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys on the YouTubes. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Peace out. Feel.